you're listening to Consider This, episode 297, for the 27th of July, 2020. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever, wherever, and whoever you are. The sun rises on another episode of my conservative commentary in 10 minutes or less. I'm Doug Payton, and this is Consider This. Thanks for stopping by. If you have feedback, write to me at considerthis at ctpodcasting.com or head over to the website considerthis.ctpodcasting.com slash feedback. That's CT as in curly to pay. What are the chances we can have that honest conversation about race? And how much does media accountability cost? We'll find out coming up. You have only until Friday at midnight to get your vote in for Consider This at podcastawards.com. You'll find me in the politics and news category, as well as the people's choice. Thanks for your vote. Back in 2008, when Barack Obama was elected president, people were hopeful that now we could have that honest conversation about race. But I have to ask, did we have it and I didn't hear about it? Because there's a lot of stuff going on these days that makes me think that a lot of people didn't hear about it either. Actually, we didn't. And here's why. During Obama's tenure, the case of Michael Brown made the national news. It was claimed that he had his hands up and said don't shoot when he was shot by a cop. Before all the facts came out, protesters and even some Democrats, on the floor of the Houses of Congress, chanted, Hands up, don't shoot, in solidarity with Brown and against the cop. And when all the facts did come out, it turned out that never happened. Instead, after trying to unsuccessfully grab the cop's gun, he ran off, then came charging back, which is when the cop shot him. What that said to me was that those on the left were entirely too quick to assume racism, too quick to reach into the mind of the officer and see something that wasn't there, to be able to have that honest discussion. If your first impulse is to, one, assume the intent of a person, and two, assume the worst intentions of a person, then you're not ready to discuss an intent like racism in the general population. The problem was that there were some much better examples of what might be racism in policing during that time, but the left shot their credibility such that it was clear they weren't going to be discussing in good faith. We needed that honest conversation, but it couldn't happen. This year we had another chance to have it. When George Floyd died being restrained by a cop, this was a chance to discuss racism and what part it might play in police brutality. The peaceful protesters were asking for that. And they had, I would estimate, the vast majority of America on board, as I've said here before. Instead, the violent protesters took over the discussion, or at least the media attention. As I wrote up this episode, riots were still happening to one degree or another in various places around the country. And the conversation? Well, people are calling classical music racist. The U.S. Conference of Mayors released a letter that supported a Democratic plan to move toward reparations, paying out somewhere in the neighborhood of 
quadrillion dollars, 6,000 trillion dollars. The Smithsonian National Museum of African American History and Culture put out an infographic claiming that traits like objective and rational thinking, the family unit, planning for the future, the idea that intent matters when dispensing justice, and politeness are examples of things that even people of color have internalized from living in white-dominated culture. They describe whiteness as though no other cultures have ever come by that themselves. When someone plants a seed instead of eating it, they're planning for the future. Cultures all over the world learn that. These sorts of shenanigans, as well as calls to defund the police, just tell me again that the left is still not ready for an honest conversation about race. If we want to talk solutions about how to deal with race relations, we have to be calm and rational and honest about it. That's what I think. Or maybe it's just my whiteness talking. Hi, everybody. I'm Brian Kilmeade from Fox and Friends and the Brian Kilmeade Show. You're listening to 10 Minutes or Less, conservative podcast. Consider this. I love reading articles and, in many cases, just the headlines from the Christian-run satire site The Babylon Bee. Bloggers over at the Big Instapundit site commonly refer to it as the paper of record because so much of its satire turns out to be either prescient or at least more truthful than some of the stuff out there. One of their headlines recently was Dozens gather in MAGA hats in hopes Washington Post will defame them so they can become millionaires. The real-life story this piece refers to is about Nicholas Sandman, the MAGA hat-wearing teen who was savaged in the media when, after attending the annual March for Life in D.C. and waiting for the bus to pick them up, a bunch of students from a high school were approached by a Native American banging a drum. He approached the group and stopped in front of Sandman, still banging the drum and chanting. The media ran with the story with little more than a close-up video. Nick did nothing to the man. He just stood there. The other students did poke some fun at the man, but Sandman did not. The media called Sandman racist over the incident, believing the reports that he had brought on the confrontation and blocked the man's path. That went on until better footage of the incident from farther back showed nothing of the kind. Sandman proceeded to sue the media outlets for defamation. He settled with CNN for... $275 million, and just recently, he settled with the Washington Post for $250 million. So the kid gets a full-ride scholarship to college, or, as my younger son noted, a full-ride scholarship to life, courtesy of the mainstream media, and there are more media outlets to come. This, ladies and gentlemen, is what we call accountability. The media are supposed to be the ones holding people to account, speaking truth to power. These days, they're speaking slander to a high school kid. I'm with you, Nick. Accountability is a good thing. If more people had the guts to do this, there would be less irresponsible journalism. Come to think of it, maybe that should be your college major. Meanwhile, President Bolsonaro of Brazil, while in quarantine due to a positive test for COVID-19, got bitten by a Rhea, 
a flightless bird related to an ostrich. He was feeding the Rhea, well, trying to, when it happened. Okay, it must be nice to have your own petting zoo while confined to the presidential palace. I'm sure you and I would be able to handle quarantine better at a palace, but after a while it appears to be boring. The president said that he, quote, can't stand this routine of staying at home. It's horrible, close quote. Indeed, it must be rough. Anyway, what do you think about this honest conversation about race we've all said we want? I've pointed out why I don't think the left is ready for it, but can you come up with reasons why the right isn't ready? Email me at considerthisctpodcasting.com or call me at 267-CALL-CT0, 267-225-5280 to let me know what you think. And now as the sun sets on this episode, take my thoughts, add them to yours, and consider this. (laughs) 